Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Welcome to the Qalam Podcast. You're listening to the series on the sufficient answer, the cures for spiritual sicknesses delivered by Sheikh Mikael Smith. In this series, Sheikh Mikael will be covering a beautiful book authored by Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala titled Al-Jawab Al-Kafi in which he not only addresses the very common yet extremely difficult issues of spirituality but he also addresses the philosophical crises that people suffer through. Sheikh Mikail will lead us through this book and bring forth very beautiful and beneficial discussions. So listen in, share with family and friends and if you are benefiting from Qalam and everything that we provide here at the podcast and beyond, then please be a part of this solution, be a part of this project of educating all of humanity by going to supportqalam.com, support Qalam yourself, and also share the link with family and friends. And now on to the lesson. Okay. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amali yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya rabbil alameen. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Okay, how's everyone doing today? Good, insha'Allah. Alhamdulillah. Our brother came through with the shai, alhamdulillah. Allah for barakat in your risk, insha'Allah ta'ala. Um, before we begin, we make just a short dua. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put uh, barakah and blessings and whatever we learn. Uh, and make it a means of nur and light for our hearts and a means of guidance for us, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Bismillah. Okay, so um, alhamdulillah, uh, we're going through Imam Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, rahimahullah, Jawab al-Kafi, and we know the basic premise of the book. The premise is based on a person asking Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, how should a person um, get out of a sin when they're stuck in a sin and they know they're stuck in it and they know it will destroy them, how do they get out of that sin? And the... Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi has dropped so many gems on us right now, it would be impossible for me to kind of summarize those. But the very last thing that Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he reminded us of, he reminded us that first and foremost you have to remember that the primary thing, the necessary thing that we have to understand and know is that ayya'lam anna dhunub wal ma'asi tadur. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says this to the person. He said that first and foremost, you have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this world in a way where it's Darul Asbab. It's the world where there's cause and effect. So he said the first thing you have to know is that the cause or the means by any good coming into your life is righteousness or bar or ihsan. And then he says, and you also have to understand that on the acts of that, on the opposite of that, is that the primary means by which evil comes to you in your life is by by ma'asi, by ma'asi, and sin and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what he said was, it is necessary for us to learn specifically how sins affect our lives. Right? This person is stuck in this sin. So he wants to let him know that once you understand the effect of that sin, then that becomes a, a, a stronger... Two? Okay, okay. Uh, once a person understands the effect of the ma'asi, once a person understands the effect of sins, then that becomes a stronger means by which the person can refrain from that sin and thereby bring khair into their lives. So at the end of last class, he basically went through and he started to name the different uh, things in the Quran and stories of different nations that were destroyed and punished and went through hardship based on the sins that they were doing. And then, so now as he's talking about the effects of sin, one of the, the things that happens with a person that knows this is when you learn the material that we're going to cover in the book, it naturally creates inside of you um, this desire to rid your life of those things that cause evil and also it lowers your basic tolerance to being able to see when people are, are, are harming themselves. It's like a person who doesn't drink soda anymore. You ever been around a person who doesn't drink soda anymore? 
Like they see someone drinking soda and they're like, yo, 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 chill. And you're like, bro, it's just soda. They're like, no, it's not just soda. It's like, like they understand a whole, they're on a whole different frequency, right? So similarly, as we start to study this, you start to become more aware of how uh, shut evil and the consequences of the evil actions affects you. Now what that happens in your life naturally, you start to want to rid yourself of those things. But also, it also brings another responsibility, which is uh, 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 um, spoken about by the Prophet on many occasions, which is Amr bin Ma'ruf and Nahyan in Munkar. See, when, once you know the effect of soda and sugar on a diet, then it's kind of, you kind of feel obliged to kind of say, hey, do you know what sugar actually does to you? Do you know what that, 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 that you know, there's a lot of, look on the back of it, you know, you feel obliged to tell people that. So Ibn Qayyim and Josie, what he does here is he actually brings so many ahadith that talk about the responsibility that happens after you know this material. And the responsibility of it is that you start to actually inform other people with hikmah, with wisdom, but you start to build this, this awareness where I got to let my brothers and sisters know that what they're going through, the depression they're going through, the hardship they're going through, all of these things are the effect of the sins that they're living with. So that's what he's telling us. So he says here, one hadith that I want to um, um, uh, share with you. He says, Ibn Abbas yarfa'uhu. He says, وَذَكَرَ إِبْنَ بِالدُّنْيَا مِنْ حَدِيثِ إِبْنَ عَبَاسِ يَرْفَعُهُ قَالَ يَأْتِي زَمَانٌ يَذُوبُ فِيهِ قَلْبُ الْمُؤْمِنِ كَمَا يَذُوبُ الْمِحْفِ الْمَعْنِ قِيلَ مِمَّا ذَاكَ يَا, يا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَ مِمَّا يُرَى مِنَ الْمُنْكَرِ لَا يَسْتَتِيءُ تَغْيِيرُهُ Beautiful hadith. Ibn Abbas says that once the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, there'll come a time, يَأْتِي عَلَى النَّاسِ الزَّمَانِ يَأْتِي زَمَانِ يَذُوبُ قَلْبَ الْمُؤْمِنِ he literally says the heart of the mu'min will melt. The heart of the believer will melt. The same way when water is mixed with water, when salt is mixed with water, it just mixes in and it just melts away. He says the heart of the mu'min will come, there will come a time when the exact same thing happens to the heart of a believer. So the sahaba qila, ya Rasulullah. They said, what, why would that happen? What would be the reason that the heart of the believer just melts? What time are they living in? What is the reason? And the Rasul Sallallahu he says, When they start to witness such munkar, disobedience of Allah, when they start to see so much of it, and they they don't have the ability to, to correct it and, 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 just, and rectify it. The heart will just melt. Like you see someone doing something that you know, you know is destroying them. Maybe you've seen someone addicted to drugs. Or maybe you've seen someone addicted to alcohol or something like that. And You don't have the ability to change it. How does your heart feel? It just So the suicide said there will come a time when the heart of the mu'min will melt. Feel like it's melting because it sees so much ma'asi, so much disobedience around it but it doesn't have the ability to change it. But the, the thing that I find beautiful about this is that so long that we can recognize the ma'asi in society, so long that we can recognize the wrong in society, that's a bashara for us, that's a, a glad tiding for us. You understand what I mean by that? The ability to actually recognize soda is bad for you, right? That's a beautiful quality, even if you can't start changing people's diets, right? Even if you yourself can't even change everything about the amount of soda I drink. The point being that the awareness and the being aware of that sin is still a beautiful quality. So the Rasul in his hadith, and he talks about how the heart should want to change those sins, but why? You have to understand the premise what's going on here. Once we understand the effect of the ma'asi, once we understand the effect of the sins, then you naturally feel this desire to want to take that out of people's lives because you know it can bring khair for them. Because you know it can bring khair for them, inshallah. So then, um, he says now, he goes, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says now, the next thing you have to be extremely careful about is that, um, that we often overlook the small sins. We often overlook what we consider small sins. And uh, Ibn, uh, he narrates, 
وفي الحلية حلية لأبي نعيم عن بذيفة أنه قيل له في يوم واحد ترك بنو إسراء تركت بنو إسرائيل دينهم قال لا ولكنهم كانوا إذا أمروا بشيء تركوه وإذا نهوا عن شيء ركبوا ركبوه حتى انسلخوا عن دينهم كما ينسلخ الرجل من قميصه. So what he's talking about now, he's talking about the small sins because he wants us to understand the effect of sins in general. But sometimes we immediately think, well, that must be the kabair, the major sense. And what he wants to make us aware of at this point is that no, be very careful because it's the very small sins that actually are the most destructive because you're not aware of them. Because you're not conscious of them, they are the ones that actually have the, the biggest impact on you. The major sin, as soon as you do it, what are you doing? Astaghfirullah, man. Astaghfirullah. How did I end up doing that? How did I end up doing that? Astaghfirullah. But the small sin, you're like, Mashi, yeah, it's nothing. Right? It's not a big deal. So he says something here. Uh, Abu, Abu Nu'ayn, in his book, Hilya, he narrates from Abu uh, from Hudayfa, radiallahu anhu. So we know in the Quran, we, it talks a lot about how the children of Israel, Bani Israel, left the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and completely left their deen. So someone asked him, he said, was it in yawman wahid tarakat deenahu? Was it just in one day, they woke up one day and they left the deen? So Hudayfa radiallahu an, he says, qala la. He says, no. Walakin, rather what happened, kanu idha umiru bishay, when they were ordered to do something, tarakuhu, they left it. وَإِذَا نَهُوا عَنْ شَيْءٍ When they were uh, prohibited from something, رَكِبُوهُ They did it. حَتَّى إِنْسَلَخَ Now, when he says it, إِنْسَلَخَ Until they slowly crept out of their religion, the same way a person slowly takes off their shirt. You know, you don't just rip off your shirt, like, you know, Superman, right? Except your Adler, right? Uh, you don't just come home, ah, right? No, how do you come out of your shirt? You slowly take it off, right? So he says here, the same way that a person slowly takes off their kamis is the same way a person slowly starts to leave the deen. And it's not in one moment. It's not in one moment. What He says at this point, he wants to point out, Some of the early Muslims used to say, Al-ma'asi baridul kufr. Ma'asi Barid al kufr. You know barid, right? Like the male, the male man, right? So, he, so the saying is al ma'asi barid al kufr, that the sins are like the postcards of kufr. You know what I mean by that? Like the ma'asi are the sins. You don't wake up one day and just I'm out of the deen. It just starts off really slow and gradual. Starts off really slow and gradual. Al Maasi Baridul Kufr. And then he says, Kama'an al Kubla, Baridul Jama'. Just like one kiss is Barid of Zina. Right? You see the analogy he's giving. He says, The same way one Maasi is Barid of the Kufr, the same way one kiss is Barid of the Zina. You don't just wake up right there like, oh, What happened? No, it was a gradual thing. It was a gradual thing. Another Baridul Ishq. And and your 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 another you're looking at haram is the barid of infatuation, like you slowly got to that point, and that's what he's highlighting here. So Ibn Qayyim al Jozi he's he's letting us know he's saying don't consider a small sin small because of the effect that it has in the grand scheme of your relationship with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and hence he says Qala Imam Ahmed rahimahullah hadathan al Walid qal. سمعت أوزعي يقول سمعت بلال بن سعد يقول لا تنظر إلى صغر الخطيئة ولكن انظر إلى من عصيته سبحان الله إمام أحمد نريد سعين where he says لا تنظر إلى صغر الخطيئة don't look at how small the sin is ولكن انظر إلى من عصيته but rather look at the one who you're disobeying you know like سبحان الله we used the example of fear of Allah last week with, with, with mom, right? Like, like the fear of Allah is like the fear of disobeying mom and upsetting mom. Like regardless of how small the thing is that mom tells you to do, you don't say like, mom, it was a small thing. 
You're looking at her. Like, no, she just wanted sugar in the tea. No, you know, something small. And you leave it out, and she's like, what happened? And, and you, you heard her heart like that. So Imam Ahmed is narrating a, a narration for us that don't get so preoccupied with looking at the sin. That this is a small sin, this is a big sin. La tandur ila Don't look at the size of the, 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 the crime, but rather look at the one who you're disobeying. And what is the reason for this? Here's the hadith and Jamia Tirmidhi. Abu Huraira narrates. This is a very important hadith to kind of summarize how this gradual effect hits us. Talking about the gradual effect of sin. Rasul Sallallahu he said, when a believer disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dhanban, one dham, then there's a there's a a, 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 um, a, 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 a a black spot that comes on the heart. Now if this person realizes, now a person who's like really aware of like maybe their caloric intake, their sugar intake. That one drink of soda, they're conscious of it. Like, yo, I had soda this week. Me and you, we're like, yo, I don't know how many sodas I had. But that dude's like, yo, I, I had soda this week. Like, oh my God, like, that's really bad. He's aware that the sensitivity level is, up, is very sensitive. Now we, we become desensitized to sugar. It's no big deal. Like, yo, how much sugar is in this, yo? We're good, right? Yeah. That's how you're supposed to drink it, right? Exactly. Huh? No, it's great, bro. It's great. It's all good, yo. So, إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنِ ذَا أَذْنَبَ ذَنْبًا The mu'min, when they commit that one dham, that, that, there's an effect of that on the heart. فَإِذَا تَابَ وَنَّزَعَ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ سَقَرَ الْقَلْبُهُ when the person does toba, they realize that, right? They had that one uh, soda, so they hit the gym that night. They're in there, you know, doing their uh, yoga or whatever, extra time to burn that off. The effect of it is gone. So the Rasul Sallallahu says, when they taba, when naza'a, then the person does toba and backs off, like, astaghfirullah, then the heart becomes clean. It becomes back to its normal state. in zada zadat. The hadith goes, no, but now, if the person now doesn't do toba, doesn't realize the effect of that sin, and zadat, again, zadat, darkness of the heart, until the heart is completely covered. Completely covered. And this is why he's saying, what did he say? Al-ma'asi baridul kufr. That ma'asi are like the postcards, the invitations of kufr. The invitations of kufr. SubhanAllah. فَذَٰلِكَ رَانَ الَّذِي ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ كَلَّبَ الْرَانَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ He says, Rasul Sallallahu says, this is the, the rust of the heart that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala refers to is كَلَّبَ الْرَانَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ So what, is, what are we saying here? Let's, let's kind of summarize where we are in the book. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi is like, listen, you have to understand the effects of sins. If you don't understand the effects of sins, you won't refrain from sins because you won't know how it harms you. So now I'm going to teach you the effects of that. Then he says, first thing you need to understand is whether small or large, the sin will have an effect. The sin will have an effect. And in fact, here's the, here's the deal. In fact, the smaller sin many times can have more of a dangerous effect than the major sin because you sleep on it. Because you sleep on it. The major sin right away, we're like, yo, stop for the law. You go to the mustard, you drop something in the in the sadaqah box. You know what I'm saying, right? That's, that's why the sadaqah box gets so full. Everybody runs straight to the, right when they do something, they run straight to the sadaqah box. They put something in here, a little extra. Right? And mashallah, we should do that, right? But that's why the sadaqah box gets so full so quick, right? So when we do that major sin, we run to that sadaqah box and we drop something in there. Right? But with the small sin, we're like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But slowly now, progressively, that heart, be, that heart becomes sealed. And you lose a, a, an awareness of, of how that a, a sin affects you. So, so now, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi moves forward now. And he says, now, here's, here's one more thing before we go to the next part. He says, وَقَدْ يَتَأَخَّرَ تَعْثِيرُهُ فَيَنْسَى وَيَذُنُّ الْعَبْدَ أَنَّهُ لَا يُغَيْرُ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ وَأَنَّ الْأَمْرَ لَيْسَ كَذَلِكَ 
Okay, so the whole premise of our book up to now is that sins will affect your life. Sins will affect your state of mind, the state of heart, and everything. So what he says is, there's something you got to pay attention to, which is you don't always see the effect of the sin right away. So you do a sin, and everything's gravy, as they say, right? Everything's good. Nothing changed. You know, nothing fell on me, nothing hit me. Car's driving fine. Mom's not saying nothing. Your know, husband, everyone's cool. So you're like, oh, cool. That's a sign of I'm okay. But he says, be careful. This is important. He's like, you have to understand that just because you don't see the effect right now doesn't mean the effect is not going to come. So he says, many people... What was that? Is that cost him? Okay. He said, he said, many people get confused of that. And he said, he said, uh, he says, how many people have lost so many blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they, looked, they, they missed this point, which is just because the effect of the sin doesn't happen right away, don't think that the sin doesn't have an effect. It has an effect, even if it comes later. Even if it comes later. So, and he gives some examples of that. I'm not going to read all of those examples because um, I just want to move forward, inshallah ta'ala. One example? No, inshallah. Of course, for you, sister? It's my wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that, bro. Um, so, he gives an example here. Um, one of the examples he gives here is uh, he says وَذَكَرَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنِ أَحْمَدِ فِي كِتَابِ الزُّهْرِ لِأَبِيهِ أَنْ مُحَمَدِ بِنِ سِلِينَ أَنَّهُ لَمَّا رَكَبَهُ الدَّيْنِ اِغْتَمَ لِذَارِكَ فَقَالِ إِنِّي لَعَرْفُ هَذَا الْغَمِ بِذَنْبٍ أَسَبْتُ مُنْذُ أَرْبَعِينَ سَنَةً He says, listen, this is, thank you for asking me to do this actually. Um, Muhammad ibn Sirin, one of the Jalil Tabiris, he says, أَنَّهُ رَكَبَهُ الدَّيْن he got in debt. He got in debt one time. For whatever reason. And as an effect of that debt on him, he was really depressed about it. Because he has to pay off his debt. It's bothering him. He's constantly thinking about it. So on and so forth. So he says, He got very, very uh, sad. He got very sad from that. He says, I know this gham, this... Uh, like sadness and depression and worry that I'm experiencing right now, be dhambin, is because of a dhamb. Asabtuhu munda arba'ina sana. From a sin that I did 40 years back. Like this is his level. He's like, I'm so, I realize that what I'm feeling right now is from a dhamb that I did 40 years back. Now, what I would say, brothers and sisters, is to, to stop the effect of the dhamb is toba. Remember, toba is that. The problem is the small sins. We don't do toba for them. We don't even consider it, right? We don't do toba for them. So always, and here's the deal. Remember this: the believer goes through hardship so that they can meet Allah clean. You gotta understand this. This is very important. Why does the believer go through hardship? What do we say when someone's sick? Tuhur and la ba'sa, la ba'sa right? Like he's sick, and you like la ba'sa Like man, I'm sick, bro. To me, la ba'sa, right? La ba'sa in the long run, meaning you're going through this tahara right now, purification, so that you can meet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala clean. So understand that he's realizing that this gham from this debt, this one moment of depression and stress, was because of, because of a sin I did forty years back. Subhanallah, Allah Jazakallah khair. Okay, alright, so now the author starts to get more specific. Up until now we've been talking, what are the effects of sin? What are the effects of sin? What are the effects of sin? And he hasn't, he's been teasing us with it. But now he's going to get a bit specific. So what he does first, guys, is give us the general effect of all sins. But then what he does after is go through specific sins. What is uh, uh, looking at haram do? What does zina do? What does riba do to you? Like specific sins, what do they actually do to you? Right now, he's going to be very general about how sins and ma'asi affect all of us. You guys ready, inshallah? 
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Section 13. He says, Atharul ma'asi al-mudirra bil-qalb. وللمعاصي من آثار القبيحة مذمومة المذرة بالقلب والبنت في الدنيا والآخرة. He says, understand that sins have an effect that is evil. قبيحة آثار المذمومة, a very uh, uh, um, blameworthy evil effect on you, on your قلب and on your بدن, on your body and on your spirit, your heart, your soul. في الدنيا والآخرة لا يعلمه إلا الله. Allah subhanahu wa taala knows the true extent of it. ومنها and here are some of them. وَمِنْهَا حِرْمَانُ الْعِلْمِ First thing, you'll be deprived of knowledge. So here at Qalam, students of knowledge, many of you in here, the, the, the nur of the knowledge will not come to the heart because of sins. فَإِنَّ الْعِلْمِ نُورِ Because knowledge is a type of light. Okay, listen to this guys. Listen to this. Our, our, our eyes, our eyes, they need light to see. Right? Our eyes need light to see. And I talked about Basr and Basira before. Do you guys remember that conversation? That the Basr is the physical sight and the Basira is the inner sight? And the light for the Basira is what? Revelation, knowledge of Allah. Like, if you don't have, if there's darkness, our eyes won't see. And if there's no revelation or knowledge from God, because epistemologically, that's a source of knowledge, right? Is everyone with me? Everyone with me? From the epistemological perspective, as believers, we understand there's another source of knowledge, which is my sensory perception, my intellect, and revelation. Right? And khabar sadiq, and news that is related to us as well. But revelation is a source of knowledge. Now that's revelation is a source of knowledge. It's a light for the basira. The same way that though light is a, is a, is enlightened, it, it, it makes things visible for the basr, for the physical sight. So understand that. So what does he say here? But in the ilm nur, knowledge is light. Knowledge is light that Allah places in the heart. Well, ma'asi took the people nur, and sins will extinguish that light. It will put it out. Now listen to this. Imam Shafi one day Imam Shafi, the great Imam Shafi, he sat down in front of Malik. Imam Malik. He started to recite his knowledge to him and read. Imam Malik's like, oh, Shab, Zaki. He's like, this young man's smart. This young man has got his knowledge down. So he says, He goes, this man is a sharp intellect. Imam Malik's old by now. And Imam Shafi's young, quick, you know? And he says, He can understand very well. فقال, listen to what Imam Malik said. He says, young man, I see Allah has placed some nur. Allah has placed some nur on your heart. Don't put out that light by the, the darkness of sense. Be careful. Allah has placed that in you naturally. Just be careful to preserve it. All you have to do is preserve it. And Allah will put that knowledge inside of you. And there's a very well-known poem. Shakawta ila waki su'a hifdi Fa'arshadani ila tarkil ma'asi Wa akhbarani bi anna ilma nura Wa nurullah la yuhda ila asi It's been narrated a few different ways. But the poem is that Shafi, Imam Shafi says that one day I went to my teacher, Waqir. And he says, so Shafi had, Imam Shafi had like a photographic memory. Like a, he, was, he used to memorize so well that his teacher would have to cover up a side of the page that he was learning. So because if he just looked at it, he'd memorize it out of order. So they had to cover the side of the page up so he doesn't glance at it because then it would throw off his order. That's how well his, strong his memory was. But one day he comes to class, one day he comes to class and he's like struggling. And he's like, What's that? I got a problem. He's like, what's up? I can't, I can't learn. He said, what'd you do on your way here to school? And Imam Shafi said, oh. There was a sister walking, and, and she had her, her, the wind blew up her thing a bit. And he's like, and I looked. We talking this much, bro. <laughs> Those listening on podcasts, I'm just showing my knee right now. <laughs> 
He's like, he's like, I saw that. He's like, that's it right now. Just do Toba. Just do Toba. You're good. Do Toba. But he was able to catch it. He knows what, what it was. He's like, oh, yeah. He caught it. So the poem is, he's like, I went to Wakia and told him my memory was messed up. So he said, whoa, there must have been a sin you were doing. Inna al nur. Ilm is knowledge. It won't come in to your heart. Now you may say, wait, I know a lot of smart people that are sinners. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're all thinking right now. Like, Hold on, man, I know this dude. Like, <laughs> uh, it sounds good, Shake, but I know a lot of people that are really hella smart. Like Stephen Hawking, man. Like, come on, man. Like, I didn't say smart. I said knowledge. Eh? I said Ilm is different than just information. Is that which gets you closer to your purpose, which is knowing Allah. You can have a lot of book smarts about all types of things. That's just information of the world, information of what's around you. That's not what we're referring to. We're talking about knowledge, about your purpose of creation and how to achieve that purpose. That's it. That's true knowledge. And that's the thing that sends blocks. Not SATs or whatever, GPA, whatever. No, that's not what we're talking about. Waminha, number two. Number two. Perfect timing, bro. Number two, what is the second effect of ma'asi? Hirman rizq. That it will deprive one of their sustenance, their rizq. What's rizq? Like what you're supposed to get. You know, like your yearly salary. You know what I mean? But we'll talk about it in more detail. He says, the Prophet said in a hadith Like yo, this hadith for me Is really powerful Because when you're putting in overtime And you're trying to stack up a few extra thousand dollars You know, a few extra stacks As my man said, Prophet A few extra, extra stacks You're working all hard And you remember this hadith SubhanAllah The hadith is يُسِيبُهُ a person will be deprived of some of their risk because of sins that are they, they are committing. Now, he explains and this hadith had come before, but I didn't narrate it because I wanted to read it at this time. He says, Taqwa of Allah will bring more risk to you. Leaving taqwa or a relationship with Allah will bring poverty to you. Now, here, what I, I just want to highlight here, and we're going to talk about it in more detail, is that um, you may have, like, again, y'all thinking like, wait, hold on. I know some really, really rich people that don't obey Allah at all. At all. So what are you saying? What are you saying? Does that risk bring them satisfaction? It could, it may not though. We know some people that are sitting on millions that are not happy. They have it, but it doesn't bring that commit contentment. Where on the other hand, you know an uncle, you know a Ami who's like, ooh, he just has enough. He just has one Aish, <laughs> one Aish, that's it. But he's good. He's good. So look at it from the, the, the why we seek out wealth and how many people are actually getting out of the wealth what they sought from it. Right? Allah knows best. Allah knows best. So, waminha. Waminha. Number three. Number three. Wahshad. Yajiduha al asi fi qalbihi baynahu wa baynallah. La tuwazinuha wa la tuqaribuha lazzatan asman. Walau ijtama'at lahu lazzat al-dunya bi usriha. Lam tafi bi tilka al-wahshad. The word wahsha means for something to be strange or a sense of estrangement. You know when you first get married, depending on how you did it, there may be this first estrangement. You don't really know each other too well. Right? You're not too... You know, the first time you meet someone, there's this sense, that awkward silence, you know how we talk about, it's like weird, right? But when you know anyone, bro, yo, Isa, anyone. 
Hey, I'm not calling you out, bro. You're turning mad red right now, bro. Even in person. No. And anyone, anyone we meet, that first time you're sitting with them, you don't know them well, there's this kind of awkward feeling around them. But after you know someone for a very long time, right, and you've established some rapport and a comfort, being comfortable with them, like, you could just sit with them for hours and nobody say nothing. Brothers do that all the time. We could just, just chill. You don't got to say nothing. We just chill and drink coffee in the box. You guys know what I'm talking about the box? Okay, forget it. Whatever. We're just okay like that. So this concept is called wahsha. Wahsha is this feeling where I don't feel comfortable with someone or in some setting. Estrangement. The opposite of that is called unsiya. And unsiya is this familiarity, this comfortable feeling. Where I'm with someone, I just feel completely comfortable. That's called unsiya. The opposite of which, which is estrangement or wahsha. So what's the third? Which one are we on? Number three, sah? The third effect of sin is you will find a sense of estrangement between the sinner, their heart, and between Allah. You don't feel at peace with Allah. You don't feel comfortable with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You feel as if you're with someone who you're not really close to. Nah? Takallaf? Like you have to force it out. It's not natural. Do you understand this? what he's saying? Because it's extremely powerful. It's extremely... Many times when you're on your, on your, your deen, we say, you feel good with Allah. You know what I'm saying? You feel good. You're like, oh Allah, alhamdulillah. You feel tight. You know what I'm saying? But when you've been away and you've been disobeying, you feel distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And it feels awkward. You feel far. So look what he says. He says, you find this wahsha in your heart. Now, now here's the deal. Some of us may be like, Shaykh, what are you talking about? What is this wahsha in my heart? What are you talking about feeling close to Allah? I'm going to get there. Just hold on. He says, you will feel this estrangement in your heart. He says, la tuwazinuhu wa la tuqaribuhu dunya. He's like, you'll feel this strange estrangement in your heart that no comfort in the world, no pleasure, no luxury, no food, no car, no any type of joy can balance that feeling of estrangement that you feel. That distance that you feel, nothing you do can feel that gap of feeling separated away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, but listen, he says, he says, if you were to gather all of the luxuries of the world, all of them, they would not take away that feeling of estrangement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wahada amr. Now here's the here's the problem. This is something only those whose hearts are alive actually feel. That's the dangerous thing. Like some of us are like, what are you even talking about? I don't have moments where I feel close to Allah. And that's because you haven't at all started to build that relationship yet. But once you start to build that relationship, the moment you don't talk for a minute, you start to feel like, wait, I haven't talked to Allah. I haven't connected. So he says, So you know what our Mashaik used to strive to do? Once you taste that closeness to Allah one time, it's like a drug you need it. Once you taste that closeness one time, a moment of just like I'm here with Allah, if you taste it one time, wallahi, then you'll always search for it. You'll always search for it. Maybe it hit you in one sajda. Maybe one moment you were doing tasbih. Maybe one moment you were making dua and you felt that closeness that is just you and Allah. Our mashayikh, they just want you to taste that one time. Because once you get one hit, you're addicted. The same, it's the same logic in the streets. Same logic. It's the same logic. It's the same exact logic. Once you get one taste, they know. And that's how, if you're from, you know, anywhere from, you know, those areas. Right? They know. We don't have to convince you. Once you taste it one time, you're done. Even if it's accidental. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Same way with this. If you taste the heart's connection with Allah one time, you're hooked. You're hooked. It's beautiful. So he says, 
He says, um, He's like, a dead person doesn't, you cut dead skin, there's no feeling. So he says, when the heart is not alive, it doesn't feel it. Same way if you cut a dead person's body, they don't feel anything. He says, brothers and sisters, if there's only one reason you give up sins, this would be it. Because it deprives you of that close familiarity that you have with Allah. And if you haven't felt that one night, got up one night when no one's awake, and you just pray turaqah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and feel that closeness, that one moment. He's like, if there was no other effect of sin other than this, that's enough, y'all, I'm good. That's enough, I'm good. وَشَكَا رَجُلْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضِ الْآلِفِينَ One person complained to one of the scholars about وَحْشَ يَجِدُهَا فِي نَفْسِهِ This feeling of estrangement that they felt in their heart. And he said to him, إِذَا كُنْتَ قَدْ أَوْحَشْتَكَ الذُّنُوبُ فَدَعْهَا إِذَا شِتَّ وَاسْتَعْنَسْ He's like, if your sins have made you estranged from Allah, فَدَعْهَا Leave them. And then you get close to Allah. فَدَعْهَا Just leave it. You'll get close back to Allah. SubhanAllah. So he says, وَلَيْسَ عَلَى الْقَلْبِ الْأَمُرُ مِنْ وَحْشِ There's nothing more sour than being disconnected from Allah. There's nothing more sour than being disconnected from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, this reminds me. You know, a lot of times, sisters, in the time of, uh, in their cycle, in the month when they can't read Quran and pray and all of these things, they feel as if I'm disconnected from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at what we're studying, that's not the case. That's from Shaytan. That's, that's not the case. That's from, that feeling is from Shaytan. In fact, those are moments when you could be the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this brother over here who's been praying constantly, constantly, his mind ain't even there. His mind isn't even there. And you know one of the beautiful things? When, you, when, you, when, you, when you're stopped from doing something, what does it also happen? What does it also make you do? You miss it. This brother here just keep praying, praying, praying. And you're like, man, I miss it. I want to pray right now. And Allah sees that desire to want, and I can't, and I can't. And it builds that shok and desire for it as well. So don't understand that this unsiyah is here. This connection is here. And so long that you're obeying Allah, that's the connection. That's the connection. Wa minha. You know, like, you ever go shopping for someone? You ever, ever someone ever shop for you and bring a gift that they like? <laughs> Brothers be doing this all the time. You go buy a gift for your mom or someone, and she's like, I didn't want an I, I, uh, Apple phone. Like, I didn't want an Apple watch. Like, I thought you would like it. It's like, that's what you want. That's not what I want. So the, the, the goal is to look at what your beloved wants, not to look at what you want. We always, you know, some brothers do this all the time. You go shopping, like, what should I get her? I would like this. No, it's not about what you would like. It's about what your beloved wants. It's about what your beloved loves. It's about what your, would make your beloved happy. Right? So if I like soda, my beloved should buy me soda, right? <laughs> Just messing around, I don't drink so. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Well, man, occasionally, occasionally. Not big red, nah, yo. I need like Canada Dry or something. Yeah, man. Alright, sorry, sorry, sorry. We can do this after. Well, So the point being is that, again, this is a very, very important point. That word, wahsha. If you haven't felt that yet, we gotta talk about that. If you haven't felt that unsiyah with Allah yet, we gotta get you to taste that one time. Because once you taste it, you're gonna be hooked. And that's it, you're done. Okay, now number four, correct? Yeah. Number four. 
ومنها 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 الوحشة التي تحصل بينه وبين الناس ولا سيما أهل الخير منهم He goes look the sin will separate you from Allah you will get this feeling of estrangement from Allah detachment from Allah but he says that the fourth thing is it will also create a detachment between you and people as well you and people as well the sin will also detach you or create a feeling of estrangement between you and other people. And he says, La ahlul khair, especially good people. Especially people of, of, of righteousness. Like, nah man, we ain't going to the halakha. I'm good right now. I don't want to go over there right now. You want to stay away from those gatherings. He'll find an estrangement between him and those good people, or her and those good people. The more that estrangement gets strong, the further you stay away from those righteous gatherings. The further you stay away from those righteous gatherings. Now, I don't want to go over there. There's too much going on over there. And from sitting in their company. One of the beautiful signs that Allah wishes khair for you is the tawfiq to sit in righteous gatherings. Like one of the signs that Allah wants good for you is that your heart feels comfortable in gatherings where the name of Allah is recited, the name of Rasul is recited, the talk of Jannah is recited, talk about Jahannam is recited, all these things being mentioned and you're present. That is a beautiful sign for your heart. And one of the, the signs that the sins are negatively affecting you is when you get into that gathering, you start to feel claustrophobic. You know what I'm saying, right? I know you felt it before. After a while of sin, you sit in a gathering like this, like, dude, you're talking about sin too much, man. It's hot up in here. <laughs> Woo! Let me go get some air. If you would be doing that during Halakha, like, let me get out. Let me breathe a bit. Okay, come back. Now I can breathe with y'all. So the point being is that this is one of the effects that you find yourself not wanting to be around righteous people at all. Um... Next thing, you won't benefit from being with them. Like you'll be with them, but you're like, huh? you won't benefit from them. Do you know what I mean by that? Like when you're with righteous people, there's a benefit there. But because this feeling has been placed in you from the sins, you're even when you're with them, you kind of don't benefit from them. It's like, oh, why do I have to be here type feeling? But the shayateen, you feel comfortable over there. Like, I'm going to go back chill with whoever, whatever his name is. I feel more comfortable in that gathering. The more you separate from the party of Allah, the more you want to be closer to the party of the shayateen. Here's the problem. He says, this estrangement from people will keep growing and growing and growing until you become... Unmasked or whatever you want to call it. Like I'm done with those people. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to be around them no more. Completely. He says, This estrangement now will come between you and your wife. You and your child. You and your relatives. He says, between you and your own self. You won't even be comfortable with you. You commit some sins, you, you don't even look at, you look in the mirror different. After some sins, you literally look at yourself in the mirror like, dang, what did, what did I do? What am I doing? SubhanAllah. This is such deep psychology here. He says, you'll find this person estranged from his own self. He doesn't even feel comfortable in his own skin. Look at this. وَقَالَ بَعْضِ الصَّدَفِ إِنِّي لَأَعْسِ اللَّهِ I disobey Allah sometimes. فَرَآ ذَلِكَ فِي خُلُقِ دَابَتِي وَإِمْرَأَتِهِ He says, sometimes I disobey Allah and I see the effect of that in the temperament of my daba. What's his daba? His horse. So he's, it's like his car. 
He sees the effect of that animal not obeying or being compatible with him. So like the animal, he's riding an animal, the animal's like not cooperating with him. Like I've rode this animal for 20 years and we roll. But all of a sudden now, it's like kicking and throwing me and this and that. He says, I disobey Allah and see the effect of that in the relationship between me and my animal and I see the relationship between me and my wife affected by a sin. Me and my mom. Me and my father. Me and my husband. This is very, very interesting stuff here. Because a lot of us are suffering with issues, relationship issues. And we haven't realized this point which Ibn Qayyim and Qudjosi is teaching us today, which is, look, the sins will separate you from people and create friction between you and some of the most beloved people that you have. That's what he's addressing here. Fahimtum? Sorry. Okay. It's only been about 40 minutes, so we're good, right? A little bit long. Just a few more, okay? Next, number uh, five. Number five. Waminha. Ta'asir umuruhu alay. فَلَا يَتَوَجَّهْ لِأَمْرٍ إِلَّا يَجِدُهُ مُغْلَقًا دُونَهُ SubhanAllah The fifth effect of the sin on you is تَعْسِيرْ أُمُورُكَ عَلَيْكَ You'll find difficulties in everything that You'll find difficulties in everything that you're trying to do You'll find difficulties You guys get what I'm saying? He says فَلَا يَتَوَجَّهْ لِأَمْرٍ He won't try to do anything except that he يَجِدُهُ مُغْلَقًا the door is closed, locked. He tried to do something, door doesn't open up. Metaphorically speaking, doors not open up. Every situation, man, it's not working. Man, that's not working. Man, this is not working. Al-Muta'asir, Or it's locked, or it's just very hard to do. Extremely difficult. وَهَذَا كَمَا أَنَّ مَنْ إِتَّقَ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَدْ يَجْعَلُهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرَى مَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلَهُ he said the exact opposite for the one who has this relationship for Allah, he finds things opening up. She finds things opening up for them. So he says the fifth one is you'll find things difficult for you. And the things that are supposed to be easy for you, they become very hard for you. He says, how does a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala find, realize that the doors of khair and good are closed and he doesn't even want to knock at the door. Look at the metaphor. He says, and even knocking at the door is muta'asir for you, hard for you. How did that happen to you and you don't realize where this came from? It came from sins. And you just have to do toba from that. Astaghfirullah. 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 Wa minha. وَمِنْهَا ظُلْمَةً يَجِدُهَا فِي قَلْبِهِ حَقِيقَةً يَحِسُّ بِهَا كَمَا يَحِسُّ بِظُلْمَةِ اللَّيْلِ الْبَحِينِ إِذَا أَدْلَمَ فَتَصِيرُ ظُلْمَةً مَعْسِيَةً لِقَلْبِهِ كَظُلْمَةً حِسِيَةً لِبَصْرِهِ Then number six. He says, وَمِنْهَا The person, the, the, the sixth effect of sin is a person will find in their heart a darkness, a literal darkness, he says, حقيقة, a literal darkness in their heart, that they will realize and feel just the way they can sense and, and, and realize the darkness of night when it overshadows them. So then the darkness of sins will uh, 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 cover their heart the way the darkness covers our eyes. But in Obedience is light. As the darkness gets more intense, his confusion, her confusion gets more intense. Like mentally, they get more and more confused as the darkness intensifies. Until this person ends up way off in left field Doing all types of bid'ah and all types of sin And they didn't even realize how, how did I end up in this place They didn't even know where it came from He says like a blind person Leaves in the darkness of the night Yamshi, walking out by themselves Listen to this 
He says the darkness, the literal darkness that comes in the heart will grow until it reaches into their eyes. And then he says, and then that will grow until it covers the face. Last week, what I talked about is some sins you'll notice as people get continue to do in them, you start to see the effect on their eyes. And then you start to see the effect on the face. You look at this person, you're like, subhanAllah, everything okay? What's been going on in life? Things, you, don't, you, don't, you see the effect of the sin. And depending on where you live and you know, who you interact with, I said before, you see this at different levels. But the effect of the sin on the face is what he's actually talking about. فَقَالَ Abdullah ibn Abbas will end here inshallah. وَقَالَ Abdullah ibn Abbas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ إِنَّ لِلْحَسَنَةِ ضِيَافِ الْوَجْ Righteous deeds has a light to the face that it brings. وَالنُورِ فِي الْقَلْبِ Especially to Hajjid, by the way. There are hadith that specifically talk about that the one who stands up in Qiyam and lay in the middle of the night, a light that is on their face. From that. Not, we're not talking metaphor. A physical light that can be seen by people from the one who stands up in Qiyamah Layl. So he says, وَسَعَدَتِ الْرِزْقِ hasanat hasanat bring a light to the face. A nur in the qalb. So difference between light and nur. وَسَعَدَتِ risk Expansion in their sustenance. قُوَّةِ الْبَدْرِ You know how sometimes you feel tired all day? Even after the coffee? You know what I mean? <laughs> he says one of the effects of sayyat is weakening of the of the of the body. You feel tired all the time, and one of the effects of the the righteousness is quwa fil badr. You you realize you have, anyone go if, if anyone went for Hajj or Umrah, like all that walking, we don't do a fraction of that when we're back here. But I'm all like tired. But over there, I'm like moving all around, this and that, running for salah, go here, and all of a sudden you have this quwa fil badr. And literally, you look at people from back from Hajj and see how many miles they walk. Yo, my day was like, one day we did like 15 miles. Next to 14, 12, 11. Here, like I didn't do nothing. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired today. <laughs> tired. All day, I'm tired. You wake up at 8 a.m., I'm tired. <laughs> 11, tired. Right? No, tell me if I'm what? Right. 11 o'clock, I'm tired. <laughs> 2 o'clock, I'm tired. <laughs> When are you not tired? <laughs> what time of the day? Please, just tell me a time so that I know we can do something because you're always tired. <laughs> so me and one of my colleagues were like, yo, we will never say the word tired, me and you. Because whatever, we're like, how you doing? We're like, I'm tired, yo. So we were like, yo, we hear this too much. No more tired, yo. I don't want to hear this anymore. I'm tired. SubhanAllah. So anyways... Um, you're tired and then when it comes to scrolling on Facebook three hours we're good <laughs> straight up you start reading you're like, <laughs> you start scrolling you're like 45 minutes 50 minutes Astaghfirullah what just happened right I thought you were tired my wife is going to really hold me to this yo. <laughs> I am digging my own ditch <laughs> yo I'm speaking because I know myself and look what he says hasanat Bring a strength to the body. Try this. Pray Fajr, brothers, in Jama'ah, if you can. Then stay and sit for Ishtaq. Right? Now, some people aren't morning people, I know. But just try this, okay? The Prophet <laughs> said, Allahumma barik li ummatiya fi bukuriha. O Allah, put barakah in the mornings of our ummah. Like the morning has a special barakah. Just try, see the energy that you have. Fajr, sit down after Fajr, do some dhikr, read some Quran. Pray your turaqah Ishtaq. Start the day. Watch what happens. See, come back next week and we'll talk about it. Whoever tried it. Come back next week in this gathering. I'm like, who tried it? What happened that day? Uh, yo, 11 o'clock, I was knocked out. At <laughs> I didn't say wake up for the hajj. I said, budger, sit till it's not, do some dicker, and then bust out two or four to come. And then go on with your day. See the energy that you have. See the energy that you have. And the opposite Miss Fudger, wake up. How's your whole day feel after that? <sighs> like you feel weak. You feel, I didn't even wake. What did I do? What did I do today? Whole thing all messed up. Are you saying Miss Fudger? I didn't say Miss Fudger and test what happens. <laughs> We're not doing an experiment here. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. How do I put it? You think he asked that question? I know. I didn't mean it that way. I'm saying if you miss Fudger, you will sense in yourself 
a type of weakness inside of you, a spiritual weakness, but it also affects physically the body. Okay? All right. But anyways, خير. so he says, We didn't talk about this too much. We're going to talk about it next week. But you will also find love from the hearts of people. The, the righteous deeds brings you love from the hearts of people. And then he says, The sayyah have the exact opposite. What number was this? Number seven, listen to this. And then ma'asi to wahinul qalb al badan. The sins will weaken the heart and the body. It makes you tired, makes you weak. Makes you tired, makes you weak. Amma wahinul qalb He says, Why does the heart get weak? That's clear. Sins. Bal. In fact, it gets so weak that the sins continue to weaken it until it dies. The heart. But he says, what about the body? I see a lot of like dudes and goats and everywhere, their bodies are strong. Well, what are you saying? So he says, He says, ah, the mu'min, their quwa is in their heart. Their strength lies in the heart. As his heart gets stronger, his body gets stronger. Or her body gets stronger. As for the disobedient one, the one who denies Allah, even if they have a strong physical physique, at the time of need, they're the weakest ones. The heart is weak. The heart is When you really need them, do it ain't there, he ran away. Don't worry about right? I got stories for days on that one. Jahiliya. But the funo. When you really need that person, the heart is so weak that they run away. You won't have them there. And so he's writing this at a time when Muslims had strength, okay? He's writing this at a time when Muslims were like Salahuddin. I'm talking like strong. So he goes, he goes, because look at the strength of the Persians and the Romans. Look how weak they are when we come through. It's a different time. He says, in the people of, 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 of Iman, we're all weak looking. McGregor, right? We don't look that big, humble, and we come through, right? Look at the strength of Iman. Strength of Iman coming through. So that's what he's talking about. He lived in a different era though. Where Muslims had like real like political strength. So he's like, you know, look how strong we are. But that speaks to our spiritual weakness too. That speaks to, to now our spiritual weakness and how we depend on the external strength, but the hearts don't even wake up. You know, one person he used to lift weights, he said, you know, people could uh they can lift, you know, two fifty, they can squat five hundred, but they can't lift the two pound blanket off of them for fudger. Oh well, well, you know, light points. Whatever. You get my point. Uh huh. <laughs> the point being, like, they got all this strength, but when it comes to waking up for fudger, that blanket is too heavy. How is that blanket too heavy for you when you have so much strength? Because the qalb is weak. The qalb is weak. Time, inshallah. Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah. So, Ibn Qayyim al Josi, now, brothers and sisters, this is the point where from now on he's getting really specific on how sins affect us. Today we did how many of them? Seven and, uh, and and he'll continue this inshallah next Wednesday inshallah we'll continue to go through uh, after he talks generally then he's actually gonna start speaking about specific sins and how specific sins affect us inshallah that can be hard for us to listen to sometimes but it's beneficial for us inshallah um, any questions inshallah Fatima, Fatima. Um, yes so my question is um, as you were talking about all of these sins and like the sins that affect yes are these specific to like sins that you've made like before or are they still called sins because the human is kind of in a state of always committing sins, right? And so are these specific to those who just never ask for repentance? So my understanding of it is that Toba is what removes the effect of the sin. Toba, sincere Toba is what removes the effect of the sin as well. Yes. Inshallah. This is for people who don't make Tawbah. Yeah, this is for all of us until we do make Tawbah. The effect of that sin is still sitting there until you make Tawbah. Uh, another thing I wanted to highlight, one of them was like things become difficult for you. Now, don't always assume that a difficult task is because of a sin. 
But sometimes the difficulty in the task is, is, is a means for rafu darajat. The Prophet ﷺ had no sins. But how much difficulty did he face? Right? Okay? To raise that level, that status. Right? So now, here's the thing. Someone asked one of my teachers, how do you know if a difficulty is a punishment or a difficulty is a, is a blessing? You know what he said? Your reaction to it. If the reaction is that you strive harder, you, 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 you get closer to Allah. I'll give you a simple example. You stub your toe. You stub your toe. Or is it something else? <laughs> there you go, right there. That hardship, you, you can tell right there what that hardship was. That was a punishment. Because the effect of it was you got further away from Allah. You need to do tawbah for that. Not for that, for something that caused that. And go, look, something's causing this in my life, let me do tawbah. Something else is hard and you're like, Ya Allah, I need your help. It gets, you get closer to Allah through that. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So hardship intrinsically doesn't mean punishment. It's how you respond to it. It's how you respond to it. Inshallah. Any other questions? We covered a lot today. No questions. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair, everyone, for coming out. I know it was, you had horrible weather down here lately. Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah khair for coming out. Inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us of all the sins that we have done knowingly and not knowingly, Ya Allah. We ask you to remove the effects of any sins that we have done, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to cover our wrongdoings, Ya Allah, and allow us to do tawbah for whatever we have done wrong, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us the barakah of what we have learned here today and make it a means for us to get closer to you, Ya Allah. We ask you to give us a taste of the lezzah and the pleasure of being close to you one time, Ya Rabbil Alameen, so that there is nothing more beloved to us than being close to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. وأخر الدعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة ما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين